listening to Fresh Take. You are listening to the Fresh Take Network. Rundown, Joshua Adam Lamar with a talented, sexy, dangerous, the Devonier. It's Devin Seal. Yeah, you know what? I've seen some things and I got some opinions. We're going right to it. Clone High is back, and it's it's yeah, I think it's all the way back. I am I think I've watched five so far. It's back. This this season in particular is really hitting. Yeah. The creative choices they've made have been so ridiculous, but yet at the same time, really zany and really fun and really clever. Yeah. Um, I'm really wondering if this first season, first new season, the reboot season, I don't know how to describe it any other way. Cause I can't say the first season, of course. Um, I think it walks that this season can ran. I think that they, they spent a lot of time introducing these new characters and letting them and giving them time to breathe, which is probably why we felt some of the original cast and characters not given that proper time in the first season. But I think by doing that and allowing them to really to get us to be accustomed to these new characters, they fit so seamlessly into the gang now that I I barely even like think about them as new characters anymore. No, and now I kind of I think I at some point we just have so much new shows we have going on right now. I think I got it now because you were talking like at some point I'll go back and watch the second season. Now I think in the next month or so I will go back and watch the second season because mm. now I bet you that second season hits harder for me now after this oh, season probably. Yep. But yeah, and, and look, they were trying to like it was different comedy now as well. So they're trying to generate like where the comedy level is for everything and find and find their voice. And you know, there's new writers on it. There's a bunch of new writers as well that were working with Lord and Miller and Bill Lawrence, but they were trying to all figure their voice and everything like that. And Bill Lawrence and everyone was trying to figure out like where they wanted to go with the show and whatnot. And now, I mean, I don't want to spoil too much for you, but we're at a really big um cliffhanger at the end of this where everyone's like i don't know if there's going to be a season four i'm like right, here we go again i'm really? back again, and you take it away again and the the some of the writers are like they're like they're some of them were, were nervous because of the of the binge jump because they were told it would be two and two a week like we had for the last season uh so they were a little bit worried about the binge drop um but there's been some billboards added to Times square and stuff like that so that made them a little bit more excited it's been in the HBO top five to top seven all week still. So that's that's good. Uh, and most of the writers said, and I, at this point, I don't really care if this happens or not, but, you know, it'd be fine. They did say, like, if there's a season four, more than likely Gandhi would be part of season four. Holy shit. Yeah. Um, wow. Whew, that's that's big news. Like, I'm yeah. I'm the show you're right like comedy has changed and our tastes have changed and this will this was probably a theme throughout our reviews this week yeah and it's okay that we've changed um and i'm glad the show is kind of i'm 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 glad the show has really kept it's like absurdist humor with like the explosions and eating glass and getting your eye you know a dart in your eye and stuff like that i think that stuff is like that slapsticky stuff is always gonna be funny um i appreciate how they've leaned more so into like the effects of like teenage relationships and drama and a lot of the 
a lot of the some of the, the the funniest things come from the situations that they find themselves in because they are period perioding like the OC and One Tree Hill and stuff like that. But also, yeah. uh, we as adults look back at those at those shows differently because of how it influenced us as 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 teenagers. Um, we grew up at a time where like we were loved and supported by our parents. We were told we can do anything we want. We were told to express our feelings and who we are and be original and be ourselves and you know, wear shirts inside out and backwards if we really want to. And like, no one should really judge you for that. And uh, this show is kind of reflecting that, right? Uh, these clones are like very emotional, very, very emotional, but they also are honest with each other. And it's almost like when they're not honest with each other or they're not telling each other how they truly feel, that's where a lot of the drama and the funny situations come from. So I just finished um, the Confucius and Joan signing the contract to date. Skunky Poo? Yeah, Skunky Poo. And he's back. There was some great, like there are some touching scenes about it. There are some funny scenes about it, like you know the uh, the the escalators or the the stairs mm-hmm. going downwards for the dance and stuff like that. Um, Confucius being ripped, you know, all of a sudden was kind of funny. Um, but I still walked away like feeling like having a positive attitude about the show. Yeah, when we, the first season happened, second season of the reboot, I was like, oh, okay, that kind of. At first, it was like you kind of had that overall feeling, like I can't believe it's back. Like this is, you know, we've talked so long about it being back, and I never thought I'd see it. And then that kind of wore off. And there was, I thought the finale was like, you know, I even said like the finale felt like old clone high again. So I was kind of hopeful coming in this year with how the last few episodes handled out. But we thought, you know, the Cleo particularly was kind of getting sidelined. Mm-hmm. And it was weird, you know, not having, you know, I'm uh, forgetting the actress's name, but the actress that, you know, you know, from Scrubs and Drew, Drew Carey and is married to Bill Lawrence. Um, oh, Christine that, Miller. Christine Miller. Uh, so, like, we missed having her as Cleo's voice. It was a little bit, and I, and I get the change. But the voice actress this year killed it. She's found hers. And I think she was finding herself as Cleo, too, right? In some ways, Cleo was reintroduced to us because she was finding herself in the Cleo vo- voice from Christina Miller being gone. And this year... The next episode you're going to get to, particularly, I think she really finds herself in that Cleo. That's like, okay, they found Cleopatra again. I've loved the JFK arc this season from start Mm. to finish. Like, it's so well done, the JFK arc that they've done. Um, And again, like, you know, they bring Gandhi back in season four. Cool. But I get why, you know, I talked about it, you know, way back before this relaunched. I get why they don't have Gandhi. And I don't really, if they bring Gandhi back. That's great. I love the Gandhi character, but if they don't bring him back, I understand as well. And at this point, too, it's like not that they definitely need it. And like, I kind of like when they're like, you'll put you put you in the freezer, and then they cut to Gandhi in the freezer. I kind of yeah. like, I kind of like that as a gag on the show, to be honest. The show, this show is not suffering without him. No. Uh, which I think is a really strong point. Of, like, it, it speaks to how well they're dealing with these characters you know harriet tubman's uh arc i've been really invested in but at the same time you're right like jfk's is it's it's interesting like how some of the celebrities they need to they need to be exact opposites of themselves in order to be funny like someone like gandhi for example yeah the reason why he was funny is because he was like a raging party animal when the real gandhi was more a little more reverent and and well respected JFK doing JFK things like to follow in the steps of like real JFK is funny. Yeah. And so you lean into that sort of thing. Like even like, the little angels on his shoulders, right? The little angel and devil. And they Amazing. had like they had little angels and devils. That was 
that was great. Um, so it's, it makes me happy and it makes me happy that it's well yeah. done. And, and if, if it goes away, um, I'm okay with the fact that they gave it a, a consistent shot this year or the last two years, I suppose. Yeah. I mean, like I said, it seems I'm following some of the writers on Twitter right now uh, and they seem hopeful because of, you know, they, like they, they, they were very honest. Like we were a little bit nervous because some of us were told it was out in spring and we were right. told it'd be two weeks. And then when it just got dumped for a whole binge at the start of February, we were a little bit like, Oh, okay. But you know, it's been, it's been ahead of Kirby enthusiasm for a majority of the week, even. So I think that's a positive for it. Um, so it's coming know, so- out at the perfect time. Yeah. They actually timed this release really well because there's not a whole lot that I'm overly not interested really. in. Um, you know, it's it is on the main page of of Crave here in Canada. Yeah, and right? it's still it, on the trending page for the last week, so that's good. Yeah, it's going. To, yeah, you're right. Like it's going up like, up against Curb, but you know that overlap is probably pretty significant. Yeah, and again, like just seeing the you know following it and real like I didn't have social media when it came out. Like we, you know, we just kind of found out through each other because it was such an underground hit right so now you get to kind of see what everybody else thoughts thinks of it and everyone overwhelmingly collider did a really cool article on it just like clone how clone high is back and it gets it again so and that clue the collider yeah. uh, episode, uh, article apparently from some of the writers saying that was a big deal to hbo as well so i think we are leaning in the way of a season four i think we are um but you know time will tell i mean it's it's downloading pretty decently right now. And, you know, I think they want to bump up their animation side a little bit, especially just to have animation on Max that's their individual and not because they have, I believe they have a connection to Cartoon Network, I believe. Uh, Discovery and all that does. I can't remember who. Well, it was, I thought it was Turner. Turner, yeah. Yeah, it's Turner. Well, they're owned with yeah. Turner. Turner yeah, owns them. So, yeah, yeah. They, have, they have Cartoon Network and everything there. So, so who had that on Rick and Morty and all the adult swim stuff. So oh, overall, like I'd give this season a nine, like this yeah. year, like last year, it sucked to not give it best animated TV show. And this year, you know, we have some, I'm sure we have some good things that I'm not thinking about right now, but X-Men, for example, which I'm excited for, but right now it's going to be hard to knock this off the pedestal of my favorite uh, animated show because they did. It, it, it brought me back to why I love Clone High. And I laughed. I don't remember laughing as much in the second season. Yes, I was going to say, I actually like went, I made a point of texting you a joke that I thought was re- really well yeah. written in one of the early episodes. The, yeah. like, and I know that we had talked about themes a lot in the, uh, the first reboot season, but this one, like, I'm really, I'm really curious about like the meme ability of it. Or, I mean, I guess it was before, you know, 2003 was kind of before memes were really a thing. Yeah. But we had common like when we first met each other and since our friendship has grown and or when you meet people of that generation like there are certain it's kind of like Chappelle's show certain jokes really send out to people yeah and that's how you kind of banter back and forth and we didn't necessarily have that I didn't have that feeling in the first reboot season but I'm starting to get it now and that we can you know the snorkeling thing was really funny the side bit like scud you know they call him scuddy or something like that um like the tax exempt status was like the funniest shit ever to me. Yeah, um, the one thing that I do find it missing, um, there's a little bit of like a reverence to it or like absurdity to it. Be- like when they introduced like celebrity voiceovers in the first season. Yeah, I was thinking like, that it was too. This, it was this nothing show that didn't mean anything, but yeah, they got like John Stamos in it somehow. 
and I'm like, yeah, and Marilyn Manson, you know, even though he's been canceled, uh, rightfully so. Michaels. Yes. No, Rich. Michael, was it Michaels? No, Michael J. Fox was in it too. Michael J. Fox. There were the broadcasters they had. Rich Berman. Mm. Yeah, it's Boomer. I would like a little bit more. I'd love to lean into that a little bit more. Like we had like this, uh, you know, the, the the misinformation teacher that let uh, that let all the uh, all the characters do whatever they wanted. That should have yeah. been a famous person. Yeah. Um, I wonder so if that was more that, of an MTV call too, of like MTV's like you got to have these these people, and and the soundtrack played a big part of it too. We don't have the soundtrack playing a, a, as much of a factor of it. Well, I'm gonna, I'm yeah, that's the other thing too. Like in season one, they used a lot of instrumental, and I looked through the music notes, or whatever. And the guy, the guy who created the theme song is part of a band called Abandoned Pools. Yes, Abandoned Pools did the theme song, and he. So he's on as music. And in the first season, they had like a lot of instrumental stuff. And like, I've actually tried to Shazam a little bit of it because it stood out to me as being really interesting music or fit my style. Mm-hmm. Um, to find out that it was just like in- incidental music that he was making to, to fill a couple seconds or transitions or whatever. But now they're going more into actually using like rock songs with lyrics. Um, I still think that they're all by this Abandoned Pools band. Uh, yeah. But having like that feel of angsty pop punk emo really adds to the show in a way that i was missing in the first season but didn't i couldn't quite put my finger on it yeah so yeah i'm, I'm glad you'll be able to finish it off next week but man yeah it feels and there's one joke i think it's episode eight that i'm just like yes this is this is fantastic that this is, is there, okay this episode eight's really good okay yeah well and it's a callback to a joke from the first season so i'm just like there are I, so many of those there's so many blank and you miss the easter eggs like the psat yeah. trucker yeah. um i think in, in cinnamon's locker or something like that he had a cubby or some such thing there was a best dudes forever bracelet which was the luke perry episode with yes like and i'm just oh, those things those things make me smile more than anything. Yeah, when I saw Skunky Poo, I didn't realize how happy that would be. And that that's kind of one of the stupider episodes of the first season. The yes. Skunky Poo stuff. And I'm just like, oh, I'm so happy to see Skunky Poo back. Even like the Bleacher Creature stuff is pretty funny. Yeah. Um, yeah, I thought that was a really cool idea. And they and they bring that full circle too in a way that I really, really like as well. Oh, wicked. Um Yeah. Yeah, I'm 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 really happy for it um abe abe is like just doing the abiest things ever yeah like he meets he meets this weird girl to go to the dancer and uh yeah just like this weird like the blue cheese oh wait for that arc that arc is that should be another that should be another celebrity that should have been like because in the it'll make sense why it's not it'll make sense why it's not oh okay because in the spice episode like we had mandy moore for example so i was thinking like you know who are these young up-and-coming you know teenage early 20s voice actors and not even voice actors, celebrities who could do voices to these characters that would like you know really bring them into the zeitgeist and it's like why isn't like ortega why doesn't ortega do half an episode or, or yeah. four lines or why doesn't uh i mean there's probably well, do you know who voices know. you know who voices um his girlfriend no it's uh darcy the assistant from barry and from good place and all that oh no way like i like a that guy actor yeah so i and i can't the, the arc is worth it when you see the full arc you're like okay i get it oh okay that might be like, like there's just a few things that i would have liked them to like give me a famous voice here to be like ah i, I hear it. you uh moving on to stay with comedy really quick uh 
you've seen some more episodes. You've seen what one episode of Ted? Yeah, I don't know if the whole season was available on my streaming platforms, but at the very least, number one was free for me or available to me. So, and it's kind of coincidental because I ended up seeing just because I was editing last night, uh, I saw Ted the movie. So it was kind of interesting to conflict the the comedy that they had back then. So just kind of your thoughts on the first episode of Ted. So I went on record a couple weeks ago saying that like Ted like holds a really nostalgic place for a lot of us, I think, who are now in our 30s. Like it was kind of like a, the end of like raunchy adult humor. Um, you had made a comment last night while you were texting me that there was a lot of like homophobia and off color stuff like that. And I, I don't want to. And, and there is a, a not fun way of use of the R word at one point as well. Yeah. So I want to I want to make it clear that uh, the, you know, the, the feeling that I have for Ted was is a very nostalgic feeling. Um, I think with comedy, we can always go back and, and look at it through today's lens and hold it accountable for things like that. Um, I noticed it a little bit in this TV show as well. So uh, I don't condone homophobia. I don't condone uh, the use of, of slurs of any kind. Um, so if I had watched Ted now, would I still like it? I actually don't know. I haven't seen it for like 10 years. Quite I mean, literally, there's, so. there's like one or two things that stood. I'm like, yeah. But I mean, it's like anything. Like, you know, you go watch Scrubs, not Scrubs, Stripes, Stripes with Bill Murray, right? Yeah. Like, oh, that's not, I mean, even Wedding Crashers, right? Yeah, like, I'm not, I'm not trying to to make a pass. I'm not trying to ask not to be canceled because I said I liked Ted when I saw it, you know, 15 years ago or however long it was. Um, but I am so out of the loop with this type of humor. And I'm just going to be, I'm going to be blunt and I'll call it like frat guy humor. I don't really know yeah. what other, like, that's- let's yeah frat boy humor i think i call it shane gillis humor because that's kind of what it is now it's what shane gillis does sure okay i'm not really even familiar with his work Um, he 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 is an interesting arc just to kind of because he was canceled off of he was right oh this i've okay i've heard of this guy i don't know the story Uh, though and i and i so he had some you know not fun comments about a lot of demographics uh, okay. And anyway, so is, he is this started. Part of, is this part of his comedy or not? I'm just really curious. He's yeah. He claims you know just it's it's my comedy. Like he was doing stuff on a podcast. He said it was a bit. I don't feel that way, and I apologize. But it's a bit, and it's comedy. Kind of Bill Burr said this, and Chappelle said this. So there's that. I don't want to say fine line, but this is kind of the 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 fight that Bill Burr and Chappelle are trying to have right now. And Shane Gillis had that that same argument as well. It was like, and Ricky Gervais had this in his stand up special more recently on Netflix as well. Of like, this is comedy. We push boundaries. That's what comedy is. Uh, anyway, so Shane Gillis had all that stuff, got kicked off SNL. I can't, I think it was back in 2019, 2021. Anyways, since then he had a really successful YouTube skit show, and I've watched some of them, and they are funny. I, I have to admit some of the stuff is funny, but there's not as really any offensive stuff, really, I'd say, in that. And he's okay. just killing it on the stand-up scene. Anyways, all that to say, he's hosting SNL in two weeks now. So he's right. kind of gone full circle back now to okay being kicked off in snl but he he would be the definition watching some of his stand-up and watching some of the stuff on youtube which i did this week because i'm like okay what this guy was kicked off snl what happened and i know people were kind of a fan of him and if i showed you some of the stuff you've probably seen some of his stuff because a handful of his sketches sketches have been memed to death okay on on a lot of platforms um so i was like okay so i was interested to see in his art but i would say yeah he is where the brat we had the frat pack He's maybe the closest I have to that right now for a comedy sense for people. Okay. Um, so I want to talk about some of the things I really liked about the show. And I, you know, the tech, the, the graphical technology has really improved that made, like it makes Ted feel very tactile. 
yeah. um, the way that he interacts with his co-stars and colleagues and stuff like that is is well done. Um, Seth Rogen's voice, or not Seth Rogen, sorry, Seth MacFarlane's voice. Yeah, Seth MacFarlane's voice is just like, it's so great for voice acting. Um, I find, I think I've grown out of this type of humor though. And it kind of reminds me, I've, okay, sorry. I've probably had, the, I probably came to this realization a while ago and I think I've talked about it on this podcast, but I'm kind of, I'm reliving it for like the, you know, the second time in however long. Um, the whole bit about Ted being a gigantic asshole and just getting, like, getting passes for it is not really that interesting to me. They because don't that's... go on that as much as the season goes on, I will say. Okay, so I mean, I'm only basing it off of, off of one Yeah, episode. yeah, for sure. Um, there's a couple of things in the show that I would have liked for them to address, so maybe they do. You know, the idea that, like, so Ted's been alive, you know, brought to life for, like, seven or eight years or ten years yeah. or whatever. It was when John was nine, so now he's, what, 15 sure. or 16? Okay, yeah, six years yeah. or whatever. They've yeah. never had the discussion about school until now. I know. Um, like, well, I that's kind of like, like in Ted Two of him being like a a, a citizen or whatever. Yeah, like uh, there's there's a couple of things that I feel like they they could have figured out in flashbacks or even like you know some montage kind of stuff. Like because they showed like him on various TV shows. Yeah. Which you think in the eighties like or I guess early nineties would have had he would have really cashed in on that. So the idea of like I like the idea of him being like obviously because he's like a one one of a kind like the whole our whole grasp of science changes and religion changes because of this guy's wish got brought to life mm-hmm. um you feel like he would have cashed in on a little bit more but there also would have been plans in place there would have been at least discussions about education your right citizenship um age or like age of consent or whatever it, um so for him like for the new for for Wahlberg's character to be going to school this whole time Ted's alive and then Ted just sits and watch prices right is kind of weird to me that they didn't figure any of this out earlier there's no money involved uh you know and it because when the when the movie takes place when they're like kind of 30 something adults or 40 something adults they haven't done anything with their lives and their fuck-ups okay I really buy that from you know let's call him a has-been celebrity in the 90s trying to scrape by in the 2000s okay i got no problem with that but for him to like come recently come off of that success and then even having like tons of people being like who who are you are yeah. weren't you on tv i'm telling you like the first alien that makes contact with um earth and is able to speak a language that we understand through technology or whatever is gonna be a household name like friggin taylor swift's a household name she's a musician well, you're dude, telling dude, me there's a there's a part in in Ted one where he's like talking about a relationship he had with Nora Jones. Mm. So that's a pretty recent celebrity at that point that he was having right. a relationship with. Yeah. So I find it a little bit unbelievable that him, like him going to high school for the first time trying to get kicked out. I think that's okay. That's, that's funny. He doesn't want to go to school anymore, but for him never to go to school for him to suddenly have like, cause he's, he's smart. He can read, he can, I think he presumably drives at some point in time in one of the movies. So where does kind of all this education come from? How's it addressed? His finances needs to be addressed or like the guardianship of like the parents and stuff. And maybe they do in later episodes. I'm not trying no, to jump the gun or anything. They don't do any of that. Not that I've seen oh, yet. Okay. So that's, let's get, let's get that out of the way. And like, okay, I'm I just four want to episodes a, in. Okay. I just want to enjoy it as a comedy now. Well, yeah. I don't really find it funny that he gets to be the guy. So he's kind of like in the same vein of Larry David, 
And I would classify Larry David as a, you're not wrong, but. Yeah. Okay. He, Larry David isn't always wrong in his social criticisms. But, he, if he's very, but he's very, very, very principled. And he doesn't necessarily go back on a lot of things, right? Well, Ted kind of takes that to like the nth degree where something that needs to be, something that needs to go unsaid to, 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 to help someone's feelings or to not uh, consult people, he's just going to say it. And then yeah. people are like, oh, like, oh, that's kind of a weird thing to say. Like, he, he just, it seems like he has, he lacks like social, um, like observational social skills where he's like part of his shtick, part of the funny thing is the fact that he's really observant and that he has like tons of like really like he, he's clever with wordplay. He makes jokes that are funny, um, like references, sorry, that are funny. But then he just says stupid shit to stupid people at stupid times. And then everyone just lives with it. Like, oh, that's Ted. Like, no, this guy's like a huge asshole. If we're, if like to really take him at face value and like, he drives everybody crazy. Like, I'm not really sure what his redeeming qualities are. Like, yeah, he was like a child's toy like, or he's, you know, he's the, he's the kid's like best friend or whatever. But like, this family puts up a lot with like someone who well, if was a real person has like borderline personality disorder. Also, you know, I, I know to spend your disbelief, I guess a little bit, but like going from Scott Grimes being his dad to the dad that's in the movie is a lot more built and Jack and Scott Grimes is kind of a, lower level like shorter built dude sure that so that was like in six years the dad just went from being like this taller dude with uh like your color hair to like mm. you know having red hair and a mustache and kind of just right. being an asshole yeah. to his wife and then yeah the wife, i mean the alex borstein character to the wife now i can kind of buy a little bit because there's some okay. similarities to what alex borstein is to this mom being super over religious and the mom in the show was super over religious and, right. and then having uh, the niece or whatever move in, that's whatever. But you would think at one point in Ted 1 or 2 that it would have been like, yeah, we, you know, we, we'll call my niece. I can't remember the niece's name, but we would call Bubble cousin. Bob. Because, cousin. cousin uh, yeah. Because she left with us when we were in high school all this time. And you, you make a good point. I never really thought too much of it. But, yeah, he's coming up six years. And you, you can tell me whatever you want. But I'm sure even, like, let's just say someone like Dustin Diamond, for example, right? Yeah. You know, after six years of Saved by the Bell, yeah, I know, you know, the career didn't go maybe the way that he wanted to go, or even Urkel. Let's use Urkel, right? Jaleel White, if he went to random high school, they're like, holy shit, that's Jaleel White. Yeah. That's... And not to mention that he's a fucking talking teddy bear. That's what I mean. Like, he's literally the only, like, he's one of a kind. So, like, people know who Buzz Aldrin is and who Madonna is and who Dennis Rodman is because they're all one of a kind, but like, we don't remember who friggin' Ted was. So, I mean, like, I'm, I'm even okay with, like, the loopholes in terms of, like, casting and, like, who the parents are and stuff like that. Like, I, I haven't seen the movie since it came out. I don't really give a shit. Um, I just find it weird that nobody really holds him accountable for being a giant douchebag. And it's almost kind of, like, within the same vein of, like, the Rick and Morty thing where, like, it's basically he's Rick. Or it's the kind mm -hmm. of thing where a lot of people relate to ted because like yeah he says it like it is he doesn't take shit from anybody well looking at it from another perspective like he like destroys he constantly has to mend fences and rebuild relationships with people because he's a giant prick sometimes when he can just shut the hell up not say the thing that he's thinking of and still be a funny like really beloved guy like i don't understand why he's so jaded that he's got to tear down all of his family members i mean if assuming they're family
Yeah. Yeah. So for the most part, it's fine. I mean, there is one joke that is just random. He's like, yeah, well, they, and they got him. Like, they, they, what do you mean you got him? That part was like, what? What do you mean you got him? That part I, I did laugh. Like, yeah, but they got him. Like, what? What do you mean they well, got him? They're, like, I'm not trying to say that this, this show is unfunny. Uh, Seth McFarlane is funny. It's just one of those things where I don't really understand by, I don't really understand nowadays why he's funny because he tears people down. I like I like Ted I like Ted when he's like observational and he makes like witty remarks he makes references to things so yeah. that's just my personal preference that so I kind of like fell I I started off really enjoying it then I kind of fell out of love with it by the end because it just felt so played out where like if you were the parents of Mark Wahlberg's character and Ted would like kept pulling this shit every single day like you you're kicking him out eventually yeah. Eventually, well, I mean, there's way before your there kids is some stuff. Teenager. There is some stuff with that in the show. So, yeah, I'm sure happens. they like. Yeah, it's just I don't find I don't find it funny to like make other people uncomfortable or sad. Yeah, uh, but uh, there are some things that Ted says that are well done. So I would say like as it goes on, it's some nice like 80s, 90s like story of the week stuff that you know that work well. But I agree with you. Like yeah, like if he's going like five years, like he's on Johnny Carson, right? Yeah. So. You're not just gonna like gave, walk like, in again, and you're a talking teddy bear. So even people like, hey, that they just like, aren't you that talking teddy bear? Yes, the only one. No, no, he's not actually. Like, not just a teddy ruxpin. Yeah, like I, you know, when you tell me like when Wahlberg's character is 35 or whatever he's been around, he's been around for 20 years or alive for 20 years, and he's been living in the you know he's been living in Boston for however long. Okay, I get the idea that like when you've like lived in the neighborhood for a while, like people kind of get used to seeing you, but there occasionally has to be people that have never encountered you before or like you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's like the idea of a celebrity in your town or like you go to New York or whatever and you see like and you know, Fran Lebowitz walking around, like guess what? Like that's totally normal for everybody there. Yeah. So uh true detective. Uh interesting where the show is going. I mean, it's getting a lot of People are very mixed on it. Like the reviews are around the 60s and whatnot. And I think it's, you know, because there's only two episodes left now. And people are like, we got two episodes left. We got to run on stuff. I, I, you know, I did a few readings and all that kind of stuff. stuff. I, I kind of have an idea where we're going. But it's also kind of like a lot has happened and nothing has happened. And mm. if that, you know, of any indication is that, it means that for a Super Bowl that I'm not very excited for, man, I'm excited for 7 o'clock to see what happens in episode 5. I think that you nailed the nail on the head, I suppose. Um, the show has done a great job of a slow burn. Um, I think they've fed us enough things about the case. Um, and they actually kind of flipped it. The first couple episodes were very much about the case. And the tone had shifted right around halfway through episode two, maybe even episode three, to shifting towards their personal relationships with each other. Yeah. Which I think is a really small, a really smart play. I think they've, they've basically done it for four seasons in a row. Um, but we're going to, we're ultimately, we're going to judge the, we're going to, we're going to judge the whole show based off the finale mm-hmm. and how they wrap up the, the crime. Right. Because, you know, you and I have talked about, there's been many different theories online about, um, the ancient bacteria in the ice, the town water supply going bad. Um, 
it almost seems to me like we've we've leaned less on the supernatural side of it uh, the last couple episodes. Uh, leaned a little bit more into the mental health side, especially with uh, Callie Reyes's ma or her sister. So I am currently enjoying my ride with the TV show because I think watching Jodie Foster is like just it's like watching vintage Michael Jordan, right? Like she's nailing every scene, every movement. She's like such a prick to people and she does it in a way that like she does it in a way that we are supposed to find uncomfortable and kind of like root for her but at the same time the people that she's acting against don't like her mm -hmm. uh so that that's important to me when yeah. we get some spoon fed when we get some like some resolution to the actual murders themselves and then like on episode five like everyone has to go their separate ways or maybe like some of their relationships will change and they'll be friends or not friends or whatever sure i'm okay with it i don't know if they were going at this pace though and there was eight to ten episodes that'd be really tough yeah i mean i, I mean some of the dialogue is kind of meh and i've heard that criticism it's like some people like uh like I got to be honest, and this is my fault. I maybe this is not a be on your phone show, which a lot of shows are for me at times because that's when I do editing and a lot of work I have to do is when I watch TV now. Yeah. Uh, so I understand. I I didn't even realize about the dude in the Russian Bride. I had to. I had the read of. I'm like, because I was like, why is he taking pedals off of this? Oh. Why is he waiting this plane? I'm like, oh, can I? and I kind of remember hearing about it, but I'm like, oh, okay. Like I get like a lot of the basic stuff with the sister. And I figured that Callie is like having a lot of, you know, whatever's going on in the Navarro family is kind of hitting every single one individually. I get all that. I get that the polar bear could be a metaphor or reincarnated of her or of her son. I get all that kind of stuff, but I did miss the boat on that subplot with the Russian wife. Oh, so that was one of like the more enjoyable ones because for what's his name? John Hawks? John Hawks, yeah he's the more that you look at him the more you see as like you see the old time flawed cop in him mm -hmm. you know hitting his son in the way he like constantly belittles or demeans people and then like when he wants something out of them he, he sucks up to them but then the only difference is that i think a lot of the people in the show that he acts against see that you don't always see that you don't always you aren't always aware if the people in the other people that are affected by that interaction are aware of what they're doing. Yeah. And the son had a great one. So yeah, you know, the, the, it was clear that it was getting catfished because there was a lot of like kind of blink and you miss it moments. Um, yeah. Of course he does get catfished, but when he, so he's back in the office, whatever, he's having a drink and whatever, and he's listening to his son, like, you know, his son's like, did you send her any money? And he totally brushes past it. And so it's like, there are like his son has a really complicated relationship with him. He probably has suffered from different forms of abuse through his father. Um, everyone probably saw the fact, you know, that this was, you know, is an internet relationship with a girl from Russia. Like how likely is it actually? Yeah. Uh, but then people still feel sorry for him, even though he is very flawed. Uh, the Rose character is very interesting of like saying she changed her profession to be out there. Like she seems very sketchy to me. And like a lot of people are wondering if she she changed her name too. So there is that kind yeah. of yes. So there is a conspiracy theory is she Raymond's mother, potentially. Like so, there is a lot of conspiracy theories about what Rose is and what the bigger deal is with Rose. Uh, I it, I think it's pretty much confirmed that the ghost 
is Russ's dad, McConaughey's dad, and that they're together. So is he Ooh. is is she like a partner? Is she is Russ's she his mom? mom? Well, I don't know. That's that's okay. hard to say, but it's it's almost hundred percent guaranteed. If it hasn't been, it, it I think it's very strongly implied that that ghost is um, McConaughey's dad, because he yeah. talks about he talks about um, being in Alaska for a while. So especially when he was a kid or when he was a young young man, he was in yeah. he was there or around there. Um, right. And then the second thing uh, they mentioned that the Tuttle family, the Tuttle family incorporated or or Tuttle Charities or whatever. Um, they've been financing Solal Station and the Tuttles were the child molesters in season one. Yeah, there's there there does seem to be a lot of connections to that season, although there wasn't any like supernatural stuff. In, and for the first time in this one, I'm like, I do think that there is going to be a supernatural connection to this. I don't think there will be a rational. Maybe I'm being naive now with everything that happened, but with everything that happened to Navarro at the end of this one with the ears sure. bleeding and seeing her sister and all that and the polar bear like this is the first time i'm like yeah i actually do think there is supernatural elements to all of this i disagree and the yeah. fact that we both look at it differently actually is a really it, it probably really symbolizes people's reviews of the episodes right if you're yeah. if you're saying oh you could see a supernatural side i don't people like it people don't like it that's just the duality of the coin um so i'm gonna hold off to 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 really rate it until i want to see the end yeah um all right let's talk about some of the stuff in the rundown of it all um okay xbox and i i I, let's just say this um phil spencer right that's the head of xbox yeah Yeah. okay phil spencer's gonna have a big announcement next week so i don't this is all hearsay right now we don't know for sure if any of this has happened so i want to put that into context but what it sounds like unanimously because a lot of these sources are good sources it sounds like this xbox is a dreamcast and that i believe you and i called this a year ago that microsoft is heading into the software side Mm -hmm. of things and leaving the console game which would just leave sony and nintendo yeah that's so tough it's it i really I truly believe that there's room for a third console because in reality, it's just a box and a controller, right? At this point, yeah. especially between the five PS five and the Xbox series X. Um, the idea that game pass is going to be multi-platform is I think where we're leaning, right? That's what, that's what everyone kind of agrees upon. Uh, I see it. It's such a fantastic service. Microsoft does such a good job with indie developers and even releasing their big games on day one on Game Pass that I would like, I, I, I honestly would consider getting Game Pass for PlayStation, not having PlayStation Premium, and then just picking up PlayStation exclusives. Yeah, Game I, Pass is great. I had it as for I see it. a week and it was awesome. Um, the cloud computing stuff's really good for it. The cloud mm-hmm. saves are awesome. Like, it's just a really flawless system. Um, them getting out of the console thing, I think, is weird. But I've also been thinking about this for a little while now. And I'm we're I, I assure you that I think at some point in time we are going to be getting out of the physical con- console space and just going into the um everyone has like a media box and that's like basically a smart TV, 
that's going to be able to play games. Um, yeah. If it hasn't, it will be. And then in that case, like everyone's smart TV, because why, why do I need a box, like a, a PlayStation and box you to connect to, to my... Because my Samsung TV has Game Pass on it now. Yes. So I so either Microsoft is really, like, I don't see them necessarily, like, I think I see them being okay with relatively losing money on the console side if it keeps them into the, in the game conversation. They just acquired Activision Blizzard. Um, I see them, it's kind of like when iPhone, like, pulled out, you know, the headphone jack, everyone's like really pissed off for like six months. And then, you know, looking back five years later, it's like, I haven't plugged in wired headphones in a while, but I'm still, I'm still sad that it's gone, but I don't really care. Yeah. Um, and then everyone just bought AirPods or, you know, they got the I am right. And now AirPods, now AirPods, like the fourth biggest electronics company, if it was just AirPods. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not, so maybe they're the going dongle. at, yeah, maybe we're maybe we are going that way where people are just going to access all their games on their smart TVs, smart tablets, smart computers. Um, I, you know, the the Xbox controller though is such a great piece of engineering mm-hmm. that I I would be sad if those disappeared. Um, I think they think they'd make them individually. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised now if like the PlayStation's like I I, I imagine what's going to happen eventually. Uh, consoles will make. Uh, we'll make a physical console kind of like what a what a tv box is mm-hmm. like for your shaw or tells like it's only there if you actually need it because you you, you can't connect to whatever else um, but most other people are going to forego the physical release by playstation the playstation app on your tv your smart tv your game tv and then play it straight from there I mean, with everything, with Apple just releasing what they released this week, right? I'm forgetting the name of the device. The Vision Pro. The Vision Pro, which neither one of us can afford for probably five years. Mm -hmm. Um, But when it, you know, becomes more affordable, I wonder what that means for the future of gaming and how that's going to go forward with everything like that. So there's just so many things in flux right now. There'll be a, there'll be a PS6. Will there be a PS7? That's kind of. That's that's exactly it. I think you're nailing the head there. Same thing with like uh, Nintendo and cartridges. Yeah. Um, I see like the PlayStation Portal and the Switch 2 and the Switch all being really, really useful things in the home going forward. Um, But I mean, could you imagine at some point in time, you you have a Vision Pro glasses, headband, whatever it ends up being in the future, which I mean, it'll probably be like science fiction, right? It'll be contacts at some point in time. Having, you know, the NBA game and the blacked out part of the screen, the game in front of you, like being able to go 3D into worlds, like there's 3D pictures and 3D videos that it comes preloaded with. Like, wow, yeah. like we are getting so close to living in the simulation. And it's it's kind of scary. It's but in, in an exciting way. Yeah, it is. Uh speaking about and just the last thing is it's just gonna be weird the fact that Gears of War and Halo are gonna be on PlayStation. That's very bizarre. I, I do like, you know. What Xbox will probably do as far as like Game Pass goes, where you will get like uh, kind of a runway of like, hey, like Indiana Jones, for example, it'll be out on on Xbox or Game Pass for like four months and then we'll put it onto Sony. I kind of like that idea of still giving those users the first experience of it and then you can wait. And I mean, there is Xbox users obviously not happy about it because they're like, well, we kind of lost the console war now. And again, we'll see what Phil Spencer says this week. All this could be fake and they could still be motoring ahead with everything like that, but it does seem it's going to happen. But 
they're like, oh, why wouldn't Sony just share God of War and Spider-Man and all that? In a way, they do in Last of Us because it eventually all ends up on PC. PC, yeah. Um, but right now, that's not going to happen. Uh, a few other things here before we get out of here. Uh, Take-Two had a uh, release some stuff today. They have GTA 6 for an early 2025, which I don't believe that for a second, but we can pretend. I'm like friggin' Star Wars movies. Like, when, I'll believe it when you tell me like an actual date. Uh, Red Dead passed 61 million units. It is now the seventh highest selling game of all time. Red Dead 2. It, it officially has passed the original Super Mario Bros. Wow. How many units? Sorry. 61 mil. Wow. Yeah. Pretty crazy. Such a great experience. Such a great experience. Like I look, I look back on that generation of gaming. I know it was the last generation, quote unquote. I think of those like few months or that year really fondly for gaming. Uh, Disney kind of went crazy yesterday, uh, announcing a bunch of stuff. Uh, but it, I mean, it's so I should know too. There's a big Star Wars um, announcement coming tomorrow. Okay. So I don't know what that what that will There's be. There's like three games that they've given us trailers for. They haven't updated us on. There's got a trailer. Like oh, four sorry. movies that yeah. like they've talked about. That they haven't given us updates on. So like, it could be anything really. We got a trailer for the Knuckles series on Paramount Plus, which actually looks really fun. If you're into Sonic, if not, you can skip it. But got Idris back on it. It's got Kim Cuddy go. in it. I'm in. That's kind of cool. Yeah, and they also announced a Ninja Turtle show uh, that they're going to be doing on Paramount uh, on Paramount Plus with Seth Rogen's like Seth know. Rogen's Ninja know. Turtles. Like, what version know any of, of that Turtles? I want. Yet. I need to know. Yeah, I need to know too. Mando and Gro- Grogu is. Uh, been announced for theaters for 2026 but they're still going to do a mando season apparently on top of it so see how that goes uh and then i guess the other um and then disney just released a bunch of pixar stuff so moana which has decided to in the box office travis like josh remember how you picked wicked well guess what you're fucked because now moana comes out the same day oh son of a bitch um uh, you missed you missed a, miss a Disney thing. Well, maybe you're talking to talk about it. One point five billion. Okay, oh, I'm talking about it. Uh, and then uh, Frozen t- uh, three and four is announced, and Toy Story was announced, uh, as well as new stuff to uh, to the parks and grounding Marvel, and just focusing on two movies a year, bringing back the TV shows. It seems like they're kind of trying to restructure where Marvel is right now because of how lost. Uh, everything is nothing no talk the grogu and the mando show was the only one they talked uh movie was the only thing they talked about they didn't mention anything about the ray uh thing so maybe we'll get that and then the big one is epic games and disney coming together holy shit yes that's so i actually missed a lot of that disney stuff so you're telling it to me for the first time and i'll let some of it sink in um disney's in a really weird point where i thought they would sell everything man (laughs) now they're just buying shit the cre the cre like the creator who essentially we could count on for creating brand new franchises out of nothing has kind of become overridden with the fact that they can't create things right now. Yeah. Um, like was this toy story five or six coming out then that they announced toy story five is coming out frozen three and four. Guess the frozen what? one's interesting. Who, who gives a shit about toy story five, right? Well, like I'm it'll do money. It'll do something, but like that, I'm cult- kind of the same with Frozen because my niece turns five this month. She is weeding out of Frozen now. 
Frozen 3 comes oh. out in 2027. Frozen 4 is like 2029. I'm just like, and I think she'll still want to go see it potentially, but I think the peak of Frozen has, I mean, and I guess there's always younger kids coming in, but I do think that is slowly weeding out to different things for kids. Could be wrong. Yeah, I mean, it's it's just introducing kids to the same movies over and over again, right? Is there always is is Frozen always going to be big? Because there's always like a three year old girl who's going to watch it for the first time. The answer Might be, is yes. Yeah. I mean, um, Moana is doing like, the right time. Moana two comes out in November, and then the live action comes out next year. So they're going to hit with the iron top for Moana, or people are going to be sick of Moana and not want to see the live action. Well, that's it too. Like Disney, the creator can't create things, but. God damn, they're gonna do some live action movies of movies you've already seen and already liked. Yeah, like I'd like them to be maybe a little bit more original with the, you know, the Pixar and the animation side of things. But well the, we the have... tough thing is that's the, the tough thing about Disney is that what other companies get to do once every three or four years, they can do multiple times a year, right? Mm-hmm. So for example, if they said every few years, every five years, 2020, 2025, so on and so forth. We're going to do a live action movie of one of the classics. We're just not going to tell you. We'll do it like a normal movie, but it's only coming out every five years. Then suddenly that recontextualizes how amazing and how cool and how technologically advanced The Lion King was, right? Yeah. That came out in 2020. Well, in 2025, they're going to do Pinocchio, for example. Like, holy, what kind of things are we going to be able to see even in two years from now? But the fact that they just like they pumped out basically seven or eight of like the best movies in live action just really bores me. It really draws me down. Here's the here's the animation schedule here. Inside Out 2 this year, Moana 2 this year, Zootopia 2 next year, which is a big thing because their Animal Kingdom's getting redone with Zootopia. So I think that's a kind of integration there to hit what they're doing sure. with Animal Kingdom with the Zootopia Park. Okay. And then have the film come out. So hitting kind of with the iron's hot with the park as well. So I think that's good synergy uh, for Disney right there. And then Frozen and Toy Story both come out in 2026. I'm just wondering at some point in time, who's going to end up caring about Frozen and Toy Story? Yeah, that's what I'm, I mean. I told my niece about it and she was excited, but they were more excited about the new Ninja Turtles show because that's where they are now is Ninja Turtles now. So you got, <laughs> people awesome. need to learn with kids. It's the wave, man. One second yeah, it's no this, kidding. and then the next second it's this. You got you got a one second it was Scooby Doo, and then it was this. Like you you never know where everything's going. Um, a few other things. Overwatch is going to have a cro- uh, Cowboy Bebop crossover for season nine. Dope. So that's kind of cool. Um, I'll never download it. <laughs> no, uh, Pedro Pasquale was accidentally officially named as Mister Fantastic because uh, for a SAG meeting they listed people for the up- upcoming things they have to do. So oh. congratulations, Pedro is officially Mr. Fantastic. Cool. Yeah. And then uh, what else do we have? I think that's kind of the main just, oh, and then this Fox Warner Disney mega sports streaming app for is yeah. wild. I know. Uh, I don't, it, it doesn't affect us up here, but like, that's a big deal for them all coming together to do one thing. But then Bob Iger also said during the Disney earning call, like, Oh, but we'll still do our own ESPN app. I'm like, but you just, <laughs> what? So I, I don't know how this is going to work. I mean, it does. It's, and I'm more interested to see how it affects us as Canadians and how it affects people mm-hmm. in other countries as well that, you know, take that content from them. So Turner and ESPN obviously both use a lot of collegiate stuff. So how does the crossover work for that? Uh, Turner and ESPN also both have hockey. 
Um, so Fox is really the beneficiary out of this is getting stuff that Turner and ESPN have. It's like, yeah, cool, we'll join because they get a lot of the mid-range market stuff, right? Yeah, Fox, Fox, or even what FS1. I actually don't even know the difference. Like that's who get that. That's who has like you know they get weird golf stuff. They get F1 stuff or Grand Prix stuff or Tour de France. Like, yeah, beach volleyball. Like I don't know. We should be able to yeah. watch all this, all that sort of stuff. That's awesome. We should. Uh, anything else, Deb? Before we get well, out, I of got here? A, I got a question. We'll talk about this for two minutes. The super, the super sports app. How much would you pay per month to have that? It depends what it gives me. Depends what it gives me now. Like, because I'm wondering, about... like, are there going to be certain like app blackouts that, like, you, so you said Bob Iger is going to continue on with the ESPN app. Is ESPN going to segment some sports or even some games, not sport? Like, well, because there's been they the talk. Own, Disney owns uh, the most part of the app, right? I know they like there's three owners, yeah, but because yeah. they're bringing in the most. And Disney's had the conversation about buying some of the NFL or the NBA or the NHL. So. That there was a while ago where League Pass, what they were trying, ESPN was trying to buy League Pass, right? And that that didn't that didn't happen. So, uh, and with this NFL deal coming up as well, that'll be interesting. Of Turner had been rumored to want to try to get into the NFL side of things. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how Turner goes. UFC is coming up, so UFC will debate where they're going to go. And now UFC being part of this bigger thing here, and yeah, you know, TKO. So you have that WWE's already done all its stuff now with Raw going to Netflix more recently and SmackDown going to back to USA and uh, NXT going to CW. So they're they're all done. And AAW is the interesting one now as far as wrestling goes because they're owned by Turner. And ESPN and WWE have been friendly, but is Turner going to renew AAW? And now this is the bigger platform for AAW as well. And is UFC going to like that if AAW is a big part of this when TKO owns WWE? So there's an interesting questions on that. And then obviously there's F1 stuff that ESPN owns a lot of that. It's I'm really interested to see how they cross pollinate with this. The college mm-hmm. side's so interesting too, having all these who is pack pack. Well, pack's not even a thing because Cal and Stafford are going to the ACC next year, which makes no sense. Uh, but like, who's going to get SEC stuff. Who's going to get big 10. That stuff I think will be a little more interesting because you're going to have a lot more collegiate stuff on one side. Right. Yeah, the, well, like the big, one of my questions is from an operational standpoint, like you go into this app, for example, and do you have to go into each company's portfolio to then get to, you know, a major league baseball game? Or is it going to be kind of, is it going to be like kind of brand neutral where it's like whatever they call the app, like let's call it swoosh or swish or whatever. I don't know. Yeah. Um, like I don't want to have to click an ESPN tile to then go find Skip and Shannon or or watch a thirty for thirty or whatever. Like I I hope that it's all kind of and like you bring uh, up a really interesting point with that because now Colin Cowherd and Skip Bayless are kind of back in bed with ESPN all of a sudden. So I wonder, do we get a crossover with Stephen A. and Shannon? Well, like, are we Skip? just gonna get? Are we gonna get like a a subtile of just like all talk shows? And then, this yeah. time, you know, that's, that's kind of cool. I'm fine with that. We're like, so it's like all football talk shows, college football, call like you should build this sort of however kind of you want, rather than just saying, I know that this is on Fox and therefore I got to go into Fox then find it. Yeah. Yeah. It's very, very interesting. So see how that goes. Uh, everyone. Thanks so much for joining us this week. We'll be back next week with uh, everything great. And until next time, folks, cheers. Enjoy the day, people. Thank you for listening to the Fresh Take Network. Follow us on social media platforms at Fresh Take 42.